It was a funeral. There were people coming from the town walking out with a dead man on a bed. It was a sad situation. There was a widow whose son had died. And the widow word in itself denotes suffering in this time. Her one main support system had died and she had a son and this man was taking care of her and then this man died. There was suffering on suffering and there were many following this parade of hopelessness outside of the town. No doubt in this woman's mind, she was asking questions to herself. What am I, what am I gonna do now? What is left? What do I have to live for now? Leaving that town, she had nothing. Everything that she cared for and loved was laying in a coffin carried by men outside of a city. And then came Jesus. In a completely opposite situation, he walks into town with his entourage of disciples and crowds of nameless people following him because they couldn't believe the things that he was doing and saying. Out of the town was coming a parade of hopelessness. Coming into the town, led by Jesus himself, was a parade of hope. He sees the widow, and the scripture says he had compassion on her. And he looks at her and says, don't cry. And he walks up to the parade, to this funeral procession. He puts his hand out and he touches the coffin. He doesn't say anything. He just touches it and everyone stops. It's silent. And there's this moment of anticipation. For those that came with Jesus, they are ready to see something weird. Because they've been with him, they know him, they've seen what he did, and they don't know what he's going to do, but they are anxious to see something crazy. And the people that were coming with the funeral are no doubt probably a little curious, but maybe even a little annoyed. Like, who is this dude? Seriously? Why are we doing this? Can we just do the funeral and go home? Jesus touches the coffin, and he speaks And he says, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead guy gets up. And Jesus gives him back to his mother. A woman who left town with nothing was given back something she never thought possible. He saw hopelessness. He entered in. He touched it and turned it around. Before he came to this parade of hopelessness. He was finishing up the Sermon on the Mount. He had just left Capernaum where he had healed a centurion's son. This is just giving you guys some context to what's happening here. And with the centurion's son story, you might remember what happened was there was a centurion in Capernaum who sort of ran the town and people loved him and respected him. And his son was sick and not doing well and dying. And he sends messengers to say, please help my son, but look, don't, you don't have to come. Don't worry about it. I know you can just heal him right now. I trust you. I know you can do that. And Jesus turns to the crowd and said, no man in Israel has faith like this. He's healed. That's pretty sweet. That's what this crowd is just coming off of. And right after this story, right after this happens, John the Baptist sends out messengers to say to Jesus, are you actually the one that we're looking for or are we waiting for somebody else? This is the situation where we're in. And where we are is in this beautiful little town called Nain. Nain in the Hebrew means pleasant. It's basically Pleasantville where we are. 
It's this beautiful town in southwest Galilee that overlooks this beautiful view. It's this wonderful little city that really never gets mentioned again. And these were Jesus' people. You see, Jesus was from Galilee. He was known as a Galilean. These would have been the kind of people that recognized his accent. His clothing would have looked similar to theirs. He fit in within these people. He wasn't an outsider walking in and doing things. He was somebody that, as they said, was among his people. He was in his area bringing hope. And let me say this to you. If we are not known among our people as bringers of hope, just how are we known? All around us is hopelessness. There is divorce, death, debt, depression, addiction, disease, self-hatred, pride. A general consensus that it is okay to not be okay. A contentment with hopelessness. We have the power to turn these parades of hopelessness around. But too often, instead of doing that, we do the slightly easier thing. We maybe just join in with it. We see hopelessness, and instead of bringing Christ into that situation, bringing love and grace, oftentimes we might just think it's best to just maybe commiserate with it and agree that it is hopeless, and this is crappy, and this is no good, and you're right, and just that's it. We become content with that. Or... We look at it, we shrug our shoulders, we're glad that it's not us, and we walk by. Because see, in this scenario, those were really the two options that Jesus had. He could have walked up to this funeral and said, oh man, this is awful. Followed it, helped them bury it, maybe even said a nice word, and then went about his business. And that wouldn't have been awful. That wouldn't have been surprising. The, the people that were following would have been like, eh, that's kind of boring, what else? But that is an option. Another option would have been to look at his disciples and say, this is what I've come to fix. This is the thing I've come to solve, and then walk into town and let them go about their business. He could have done either one of those things. And too often, I believe, and myself is definitely included in this, those are the choices that we make. Where we see hopelessness, we see despair and grief, and rather than enter in, touch the coffin, and bring hope, we either join it or shrug our shoulders and move on. And if we are not known among our people as bringers of hope, I have to know just how are we known. We saw a picture of Chiv today. Chiv, among his people, is most certainly known as a bringer of hope. They know him. They do not know him as someone that identifies problems and says, this is awful, and moves on. They see him as someone who identifies problems, enters in, touches it, and brings hope. Chiv, among his people, is known as a bringer of hope. There have been these crazy floods down in Houston recently. A good friend of mine who's down there saw a problem. And in his own set town, it was filled with water. There was no way to get around. And he'd known that there were people that didn't have food. So he had a canoe. He took his canoe out to the street, filled it up with food, rode it around to people's homes, and dropped off food. He could have looked at the situation, shrugged his shoulders, and said, at least we have food. That's awesome. At least we do. He could have looked at it and said, man, I can't wait for the, for the world to be done and for God to come back so we never have to deal with these things. Instead, he saw hopelessness. He filled a canoe with food. He wrote it to people, and they put him on the news, and he got to proclaim the name of Jesus to thousands of people in that area because he saw hopelessness, and he brought hope. You 
You see, after Jesus raised this man from the dead, something crazy happened. Fear seized them all. And they glorified God. A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. Nain went bananas. These people saw this and could not believe it. And instead of, as many people did in those times, react with jealousy or anger or or even hatred to the point of killing him, they saw something crazy that brought hope, and they spread it. They went throughout the town. They went throughout the surrounding country. The word spread everywhere. And it wasn't just the word spread that a man had been raised from the dead. The word spread that God has visited his people. And in those days, and even in these days, believe me, that is a phrase that if you hear it, you can't help but be filled with hope. In whatever despair situation you're in, whether it's divorce, debt, addiction, whatever it is that is driving you down into the ground, you hear the phrase, God has visited his people. You are lifted up. He brought hope to this woman. He brought this man back to life and by doing that, infected the surrounding country with the most wonderful disease of hope, spreading like a virus that couldn't be stopped. Because he entered in and touched the coffin and brought life where there was death, hope where there was despair, it became known that God has visited his people. And I'm here to tell you this morning that you can do the same thing. There isn't one person in this room incapable of bringing hope where there is none. We are all equipped with what is needed to walk into a situation where there is hopelessness, to see despair and bring life and bring hope. And the way that we do this is simple. You touch the coffin. You touch the coffin. You look at it. You see a problem. You enter in. And as Chiv did, as my friend in Houston, you go in and you make Something happened. You touch the coffin. I'm going to come back to that in a second because there's another part of this that you have to do, and this is a requirement. A man came up to Jesus and asked him, what is the greatest commandment? And his answer was to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. If the Bible could have a subtitle, I wish it would be that. The Bible, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Because that's what I mean when I say none of us are ill-equipped to do this. Because if we have done this first thing, if we have said, God, I love you, and I'm going to make my life about you, I'm going to deny myself, I'm going to take those things that I want, those things that I think I need, I'm going to lay them down, and I'm going to make everything that I do focused on driving your will into this world, your love, your grace. I'm going to make my life about making you great. If we've made that choice and we are moving in that direction, we are seeking that kind of love, you have every piece of equipment you need to make these kinds of change, to be a hope bringer. Without that first step, however, you're not ready. You're not equipped. If it has not been... 
If you have not decided and you have not made that commitment to put God first, then this isn't going to work for you. You can't do it by yourself. And I'll say something else. If you haven't allowed yourself to be part of a community, because you see, Jesus, even Jesus didn't do these things alone. He walked with dozens of people. He did his ministry with dozens of people, and even as people were sent out after his death, they went with other people. They needed that community, and if you are attempting to live as a believer without a community, without letting people in, without being fully known by at least a small group of people, then I'm sorry to tell you, I just don't think you're going to be able to do this. Without a focus and love on God and a community to support and love that cause, you're going to fall short. You're going to find yourself spinning your wheels, wondering why this isn't working, wondering why this isn't happening. The Bible says it should happen, and it's just not happening. Why? I don't understand. Deny yourself. Make him central. Love God with all you are. Seek him in his word. Seek him in the scriptures. Be constant in prayer. Seek only to give him glory in all you do. And then and only then, when you're faced with a parade of hopelessness, you won't join them. You won't shrug your shoulders and walk by. You'll enter in. You will touch that coffin and you will turn their despair into hope. This is the kind of life we were meant to live. When the scripture says that you were fearfully and wonderfully made, knit together in your mother's womb, let me tell you right now, this was what you were knit for. To be a bringer of hope, to be bringers of light into darkness, to be salt to be someone that makes the surrounding area better. We were not meant to be consumers of the world, but we were meant to be bringers of hope, bringers of light, bringers of love. We're not here to just take, 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 and then give a little bit. We're here to give, 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 and get what we can get. Our lives are not meant to be centered around providing for ourselves, and I'll tell you, even your family. It's important, it has to happen, but it's not central. Look at the birds of the air. And the flowers of the field, do they work? Do they toil? No, they are provided for it in the same way you can be. If your central focus in life is to give yourself over to God, all that you need will be provided for. And you will have beyond what you thought possible. This woman could have seen this strange man touching her son's coffin and said, please leave. But she, was, she, she had nothing. She had nothing to lose. She was at her rock bottom. How could he make it any worse? And because she let this this Jesus touch her son's coffin and bring him back to life, she was given hope that she didn't deserve, that she didn't think she would ever get. Her life was completely turned around. And I'm saying this again, he did not do this just to have an awesome story. He didn't do this to make it look like he was a really cool guy and that he could do anything. That wasn't what he did. He did this so that throughout generations, in that town and in this town, we would know that Jesus turns hopelessness around 
and you can do the same thing. Many of you maybe even walked in here with your own funeral procession. Many of you in this room are maybe struggling with some of these things, debt, death, addiction, depression, crippling anxiety. You're carrying your own version of a coffin with you today. Maybe even there's some of us in this room that we don't even know who Jesus is. We've heard about him, maybe. But we don't know him. There are in this room, no doubt, several funeral processions sitting here right now. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus doesn't walk by funeral processions. He touches the coffin and he returns hope to those who will let him. So what I want to say to you in closing, for those of you who are in a current state of hopelessness, or you feel like everything is crashing in around you and there is no solution, you're desperate to find anything that will fix it, you're at your rock bottom maybe, I want to say to you, give yourself to Jesus. Allow him to touch the coffin and it will be gone. And you will find yourself in a situation where you're in a relationship with the Lord of the universe. And that's not a bad place to be. For those of you who know Jesus and have walked in here with this parade of hopelessness anyway, it happens to all of us. I want to say to you again, deny yourself. Give yourself away and say, God, I don't know what to do. I want this. I want hope. And he'll give it to you. I mean, you understand, that's, that's how simple it is. Jesus is here. He's in this room. He is with all of us. We are meant to walk out of here and bear him forward. So my encouragement to us, do not leave this room with yourself put first. Lay him down. If you need to come to the altar and do that symbolically, do it. If you need to sit in your seat and just decide right there, I'm done making life about me. I'm done with the, mar- the various idols that I've surrounded my heart with. I'm done with them. I want to live as Jesus lived. I want to be a Christian, which means someone who is like Christ. I want to devote myself to him and not me. I challenge you to make that decision. It will never be something that you look back on and regret. Instead, it will be something that you look back on and say, that is where an injection of hope was brought into my life, and nothing was the same after that. So as we go into this last song, if you need Jesus in your life, you never had him, you can have him right now. If it's been a while since you've made that choice to give your life over and you feel like you've lost some strength, lost some hope, give it back. Give yourself back. Stop making it about you. Make that decision today. If you are without a community, if you're wandering alone and have no church, no community to fall back on, I encourage you to come forward today and we'll bring you into ours. 
we're a pretty good one. So as we go through this song, make that choice today. Give yourself over to God. Don't leave with any idols left. Do not leave with the coffin untouched. Let him touch the coffin. And when you go out, look for the coffins in the lives of the people around you and touch them and bring hope. Jesus, we know that you're here. We know that there are many in here who are hopeless, who are in a dark place, that don't know you, that don't know how to get to know you. God, let none of those people leave here that way. Let us all be changed, made better, and brought into a wonderful, wonderful, sweet relationship with you, filled with hope. It's your name we pray. Amen.